Ubaldi Reports. With me, as always, is my co-host, Joe Bitts. And it's always good to have Joe on the show. He lightens things up because I'm going to be more a little bit more serious. Joe always kind of drags some things out of me that I never thought were. Yeah, there. I'm always happy-go-lucky here. Yeah, happy-go-lucky guy. Now we we did have a we were having our war story talk, and I think that next time we need to capture this so that the uh, listeners can get a little peek about what we've actually been through because we are two combat Marines. One of them was injured, one of them unscathed. And we contribute a lot to us still being here, probably our leadership. And something big that's going on right now in the current administration is lack of, or we're maybe looking for who is actually leading this train that we call America. You make a good point because both of us served in combat. Yeah. And when you're in combat, you look to your leader for inspiration, you look for your, to your leader for guidance, and you lead from the front. Since the crisis with Colonial uh, Pipeline on Saturday, then you had the Israeli-Gaza conflict with Hamas. Now you have the situation on the southern border. You have COVID. You had the inflation went up. The unemployment report was dismal. But you really haven't seen Joe Biden. No. Oh, actually, I didn't know. Hold on. I saw him today because he was happy to take off his mask and smile and say, hey, if you got your COVID vaccine, you don't have to wear a mask anymore. Yeah, but the thing is, considering he's been president since January 20th of this year, Mm -hmm. he's held one news conference, and that was 10 questions, and he picked the reporters who can ask. There were really very little follow-up. And then today, or maybe it was yesterday, he, he, he reporters were shouting questions at him. Yeah. He spins around, and he goes, oh, I was told not to do this. I'm not supposed to answer questions. And even Jen Psaki said this on, the weekend. was it May 6th, I think it was? She was on a podcast with Dave Laxerod, who was the one of the advisors to President Obama. And she said, we keep telling him, don't take questions. Don't answer any questions. And He's president of the United States. He can do what he wants. But so the question becomes, where is President Biden during all these crises? And did America get sold a bag of false goods? If you okay, if you want to think the election was a proper election, some people differ on that opinion. Even if, okay, let's stay away from whether it was a a false election or not. Throughout the campaign, President Biden, then candidate Biden, was never asked any of this stuff. Like when, okay, let's take the top issue, COVID. Yeah. During the campaign, he was out, I have a plan. And then Joy Joy Reid of MSNBC asked him, so what would you do differently than President Trump? So he lays out six things. Mm -hmm. Joy Reid never said, Mr. Vice President, everything you laid out, President Trump has already did or is currently doing. Yeah. What are you doing differently? Remember when he said, I will send a team into Wuhan, China to find out what goes on. Mm -hmm. He had a two-hour conversation with President Xi. That didn't come up. He pokes his head and looks around and be like, oh, all good here. Then I found out, I just got to see if this is accurate, but John Kerry, his climate advisor, went to China to negotiate issues regarding climate change. They didn't mention anything about Wuhan, Taiwan. The Uyghurs, the suppression of the pro-democracy movement in Hong Kong, or COVID. Where are you at? And then a couple of weeks ago, Real Clear Politics wrote it. There was a once a week they dig all the 50 governors and they have a conference call. 
regarding COVID, what we're doing, what's going on. And Joe Biden has never been on that call once. Mm -hmm. Donald Trump was on 40 times. Mike Pence, when he was vice president, was on all the time. But Joe Biden and Kamala Harris have never been on once. And I always like to see, I always like to maybe turn or put the shoe on the other foot, because what if we still did have a Trump administration? And what if he did do every single thing that this current administration is doing? How would they be reacting? Oh, my God. Heads would explode. Yeah. And he'd be criticized. But guess what? If he was still in office, you'd be getting a press conference every day. But okay, but let's look at this. Take the border. You have, they just released the the apprehensions for April. 279,000 were apprehended in April, up from 273,000 in March. Okay, John, people don't care about that anymore, though. People care about, when can I take my mask off? Why do I have to wear a mask indoors? When can I start, when can I go to Disney World and not wear a mask? Okay, but even then... But it's if you have if you've been vaccinated, but you still should wear the mask. Now we're finding out if you've been vaccinated, you don't have to wear the mask. But then you see the White House wearing the mask. They're all over the place. Well, no, the only reason why they were wearing a mask at the White House is because Gramps signed a friggin' executive order saying you have to wear a mask but inside a federal no, but building. But they're not consistent. No, they're, they're never been consistent, and everything Joe Biden has done is no—it's nothing different than what President Trump did. Okay, but also let's maybe go back to Biden's first day in office when he was just stroking executive orders like it was nothing. At one point, he said clearly, he said, "I don't even know what I'm signing right now," and then that should tell everybody what the hell is actually going on in here because there's been speculation of who is actually running this country. Now, you've come up with a, a few names, and I think you're nailing it. Yeah, there was Kamala Harris. She's I don't think so. And now I don't think so. She no. is, one, she's clueless. She doesn't know the issues beyond I'm a woman of color. You're picking on me because of a woman. She's gone. And I don't want to disparage that, but they're just props. Old man and Kamala Harris are just up. It's either two people. It's either Susan Rice, who was the former national security advisor for Barack Obama, who's now the domestic policy advisor. And still probably getting led by Barack Obama somewhere. Or it's Ron Klein, who is his chief of staff. Mm -hmm. And many people who are working in the, the Biden White House have ties to dark money. Okay. This is very, people donate money. They no one knows where it's coming from. And I saw one statistics from one, one group that follows this, and they're very reputable, that the Democratic Party gathered 400000 no, $400 million from dark money. The Republicans were $120 million, but they blame the Republicans for dark money when the Democrats are two-to-one advantage over the Republicans. Yeah. But getting back to the other stuff, we have a lot of issues, and I still think Americans, I would agree with you on the border, more Americans, I think, are more concerned about the economy. I think it's it's a sleight of hand where they where something's going on, but they're they are literally showing you something else to take you off the mark. And but it's kind of it's blatant because people are actually calling them out on it, and they're like, "Oh, look at all this is going on the border. Guess what we're going to do? We're going to give you another stimulus. Look what's but, going on in Israel. Hey, guess what? These masks you, you can take them off now." No, the other thing is when all these things come up, yeah. we haven't heard from President Biden. He gives one little speech or one little soundbite, and then he leaves. Yeah. They're, they're, they don't have a chance. And I think the press is getting frustrated. Now, I would say to them, serves you right. Yeah. You didn't ask him the tough questions 
during the campaign. Why should he take the tough questions now? And they're asking the tough questions to the wrong people. Now, okay, if Susan Rice is calling the shots by technically, isn't she like the first female president? Technically, yeah, she would. <laughs> no, not necessarily. Because when after World War One, President Woodrow Wilson had a severe stroke. Oh. And his wife for two years was running the show. But behind the scenes. Okay. Nobody knew that, but behind the scenes. Okay. Now, the question is, if Joe Biden is not running the show, and it is Susan Rice or Ron Klein or a combination of both, mm-hmm. I think the Amer- I would be pissed off. Well, what can the Americans do about it? Nope. The we- only thing they can do is reflect it when it comes to 2022. Yeah. And then they just have to vote them out. And something that I've noticed with the show is that we always do bring up the problems. We always question what's going on. But I really think we need to start maybe getting some solutions into the mix. And But right now, like each state could provide their voting records. And the voting records could say that Trump clearly won. But because of the inauguration, that doesn't mean a thing, well, right does now, it? I know a friend of mine who's following this, what's going on in Maricopa County. He called me this morning, and I'm like, okay, it's done. Let's move on. Well, now, you know that's going to come up in your radio show at some time. Yeah, exactly. But right now, there's nothing you can do. We're not going to take Joe Biden out. So the one thing, okay, when it comes to solutions, mm-hmm. like with inflation, one, you got to get the supply chains back up and moving. Really, that's getting people back to work. But the big question is, and I've said this even before the pandemic, years ago, is the federal government has to stop spending money. Yeah. It doesn't have. That's what was happening in the 70s. We had free flow of money from the Federal Reserve, low interest rates, and everybody spent the galore. It wasn't until Reagan came. We're not going to be spending like that anymore. And we've got to stop these stimulus, like this infrastructure bill. Knock it out. We can't, We don't have the money to spend it, and it's going to go nowhere. Okay, but let's just go back to the previous administration. Trump wasn't an angel either when it came to the spending. Well, the problem is, and this goes back to Republican and Democratic administration, the Congressional Budget Office stated it really wasn't the tax cut that ballooned the spending under Trump prior to the pandemic. 60 to almost 70 percent of federal government spending goes to the entitlement programs. That's Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, and interest on the debt. So you bring up a good point that I want to look at, and then the economy is is it in a downturn? Where is it right now? Is it on the verge? What's happening? In a recession because we had two quarters of positive GDP growth. It's coming out of that severe recession. Okay. We still got unemployment for a while is low. It's about 6.1%. The problem is the labor participation rate hasn't changed since we're a full percentage point and a half below where we were February of 2020. Yeah. So you got 8 million jobs unfilled. People don't want to go back to work. So that's got to change. So let's just say, you know, the economy just down slope and we're back into a recession. Is it Trump's fault? No. Okay. If we were to think that what Barack Obama did prior to him leaving office is what gave Trump his bump in the economy, shouldn't we think that if the economy is downturning, it's things that Trump did? When Trump came into office, the economy was slowing down considerably. We had 1.6% GDP growth for all of 2016. What Trump did is he got rid of most of the burdensome regulations. 
when 2017, December, they passed the tax cut, the economy really started to grow and people's wages went up. They, the inversion, meaning businesses or C corporations who had their money parked overseas, brought it back. The other problem is spending never got under control. And a lot of these cities, and we've talked to our blue in the face on this podcast, are been horribly managed for decades. So there's things that we can do to get people moving, like the colonial pipeline. I talked to a friend of mine who owns a cybersecurity company. And he mentioned that, and I told him, do you need a college degree to be in cybersecurity? And he goes, no. Look at the hackers. Yeah. Do you think they have a PhD? So a little bit side note of that. So I was talking to somebody at the gym. The person that's supposed to open the gym showed up late. I engaged this conversation. And I was just talking about, hey, what can I do to get my son more involved or get him? Should I get him in a coding class? He's hell yeah, get him in a coding class. But also getting him into a hacker class. And I believe Google puts these hacker courses on where they teach people how to hack, one, because they're more beneficial in that cybersecurity position because if there is a hacker, they know how they did it. Or it's almost like... uh, What I wanted, what I was proposing is there's three tracks when it comes to American education. Those who want to go to college... Those who want to go into the building trades, but then those who want to go into the high tech trade, like this friend who's the cybersecurity owner said, you don't need a college degree. Yeah. There's just a certain prerequisite, like you got to be intuitive or whatever the whatever the requirement is. Train them like your. I think your friend, the person that you talk to, is correct. Yeah. Teach kids how to code, how to hack. And then we can have these training facilities all over the country. And these are good paying jobs. A cybersecurity expert can make a high six figure salary. So let's go into, let's talk about confidence a little bit. I, I like confidence. It's really beneficial, especially in leadership. And America was very confident in President Trump, despite what people were saying, like on Facebook or Twitter or stuff like that. I believe the majority of the country was confident in his ability, which is why there was growth and why the economy was good. And then all of a sudden, the election, and I think some confidence was lost in America in general, not necessarily who was in charge at the time. But then you were coming on to the Biden administration and we're just, you feel unsure. And I know that from you and I, you know, being in those leadership positions when we were in the Marine Corps, confidence, us having confidence was everything. Well, it is everything. But in our government today, beyond just President Biden, our institutions, governmental institutions have not stepped up to the plate. You've got the CDC giving conflicting guidance. We've seen what happened to the VA. People don't have confidence in the VA. When you don't have confidence in the institution, like when the pandemic happened, we saw the crisis in many states' unemployment insurance program. They always blame this and blame, and now we've got hacked. So it's this crisis that our institutions aren't like they used to be. Yeah. And that's a big problem going forward. And that's going to be a big problem for President Biden. So let's just, we talked a little bit about Colonial Pipeline on our last podcast. But so let's go with the Colonial Pipeline a little bit today. They did pay the ransom or the sources said that they did pay the ransom. If by them paying the ransom, is that sending a clear message to other hackers, a positive or negative? It sends a clear message that... You can hack in 
and you can get rewarded for it. I think it was a mistake for Colonial Pen. One, how they set this thing up. But I also think it was a mistake to pay the ransom because now it's like paying a terrorist. And that's what the Biden administrations did in Israel and with Iran. Oh, we'll give you some money. Just play nice. That doesn't work like that. Yeah. It just emboldens them. Hey, we're going to give you money, but don't buy missiles with it and shoot it over into Israel. Is that cool? Can you not do that? It's just, yeah, it's just a mistake. It's just, it's bad. It's bad. So you did talk a little bit about you got the shot. Yes, I did. So you got your first shot. Got my first shot. And do you feel any different? Got a shot. I'm good. All right. You don't have a taste for brains or anything like that? I don't have a taste for brains. No, (laughs) I'm good. Because one day they're going to admit this gas in the air, and everybody that has that COVID shot is just going to turn into a zombie. I wasn't, I was ambivalent either way. I thought, oh, might as well just take it, get it done so I can say I have the vaccine and go for it. I'm just thinking about just telling people I got it anyway. I was thinking about that. And when people ask you, when you don't, did you take the vaccine? Yeah, I got that. Let me see it. First of all, who the hell are you? I'm not showing anybody proof that I took the vaccine. But like the same for me. Hey, did you get the vaccine? Yeah, I got the vaccine. Let's see your card. I lost my card. I was going to say. Because they, they have these COVID cards and people are getting them taking a picture on Facebook with it, and they're losing them as soon as they, almost as soon as they took that picture. I'm going to be like, first of all, I'm not showing you my card. Are you going to put a little banner around your Facebook, in your Facebook profile? No, nah, I'm not doing any sure. crap. So where do you see the pandemic? You think it's, you see it going away? Slowly going to go away when people are getting vaccinated. I think when we get to that herd immunity, and I just think people need to get out and about. And then you'd like the CDC said that, you can catch it on outside. Now they're finding that no, you can't. We're all over the place. It was funny. I just heard a story today that eight of the Yankees management, like other coaches, got a COVID shot, and then eight of eight out of those seven got COVID. You just you never know how things work out. Yeah, and that was, so I think it was the Johnson and Johnson. Yeah, I took the Pfizer one. Okay. And it wasn't seamless. I went through Walgreens, got online, set my appointment up, and I went. I'm I'm not. I'm going to, if my wife wants to get it, I say, okay, your body, your choice, kind of thing like that. But when it comes to my, the kids, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to strongly oppose Um, it. My daughter got it, or my oldest daughter got it. So, I mean. Your daughter, who's four. Yeah. I don't know if they've got, I don't think they've gotten it down that far yet to take the shot. I don't even think Cash is eligible either. No, Cash is, yeah, he's, no, he's 11, so he's like right under the cusp. Yeah, okay. So let's see, what else we got going out there? That's it. There's a lot going on, and I'm sure there's going to be a lot going on in the next couple of weeks. And then you've got Memorial Day coming up, and then we'll be talking about veterans issues. Armed Service Day. Armed Services Day is this weekend on Saturday. And if you like Jersey Mike's, check out Jersey Mike's. They have a military discount. At least I can't say for all across the country, but I know in Florida, when they see you're a veteran, they'll give you discounts everywhere you go. Yeah, which is why we like Florida, especially being like in a military town, too. Oh, yeah. There's discounts galore. Well, I think it's regional because I, if you go to Portela's, and Portela's, it's like a hot dog place, and it was originally in Chicago. Guess who was Guess who was started by? A Marine started with a little hot dog cart, and he's got like this big hot dog and Italian beef empire. And I would go to a Portela's down here in Tampa. There, we have two or three. And I'm like, do you got a military? Heck yeah, we got a military discount. And then I'm in Chicago. I'm at the Portela's. It's hustling and bustling and stuff like that. 
And I get up there and I get their food. I go, hey, do you have a military get discount? And they're like, no. And I'm like, are you sure? I was just, I think it's, I hope it's, I hope it's not regional or maybe someone was just like mistaken or they're like, look, dude, you got 20 other people behind you. Don't waste my time. Just pay for your food and get out of here. Yeah, we'll see. So any plans? No, I'll, we'll see. All right. So I think we can end it a little bit early yeah. if you want. So how can they reach us, John? They can go to UbaldiReports at gmail.com. That's UbaldiReports at gmail.com. Or they can go to Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Type in Ubaldi Reports. If you go to Facebook, go to Ubaldi Reports groups and let us know what you think. And we're also going to be we're just tweaking it, but soon we'll be doing live streaming of the podcast. Joe, tell them what we're also going to be doing. Yeah, we've got the Patreon. It's going to be up and running, and then we're going to send out the link to you so you can help support us and that we can give you more podcasts. So until then, everybody have a good day. Yep. Keep listening to Ubaldi Reports.